Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I so appreciate you. I'm so grateful to get to be able to spend some time here on the radio with you, on the podcast, someplace where your listening ears are hearing, and we get to spend some time together. It's such a privilege and such an honor. Thank you for you, for your listening, whether you're listening live the very, very first day it came out, or it's 20 years from when I originally recorded this, I know that you were meant to be here right now in this moment. And I'm so grateful for your being here. So thank you for you. Today we want to talk about transition and discovery. Now, when I was first looking, it's interesting. Sometimes I get, uh, you know, guests and um, with my random guests, with my non-book guests, I can kind of, you know, juggle them. But uh, with, with my clients with the people that I'm working with directly, I want to get the information about their book out to you as quickly as possible. Um, And it's been interesting to see how some of them really come together and how some don't on first blush seem like they do. And as I was looking at this one, I was like, hmm. But then I began to realize the power of transition and how transition transitions, if you will, Go with me on this for a minute. I want to explain it to you. Um, Then you'll either know just how scary my brain is or you'll really understand what I'm talking about. When we are small children, we're transitioning constantly. You know, babies go through transitions like lightning. Through, um, you know, times when they can't even hold up their own head to all of the things of crawling and cooing, and then it turns into words, um, and walking, and running, Um, you know, and the times that they fall down and get back up, the babies are, I mean, if a baby uh, and a toddler is not an expert at anything else, they are an expert at getting back up. The drive to walk is such a powerful transition. Yeah, that's right. One of the most powerful ones from going from the point where you cannot move yourself from one place or another, or where at best you scooch yourself. Have you ever seen a baby do the butt scooch? That is so cute and so funny. Um, You know, where you can really basically, you hardly can motivate and move yourself anywhere to being mobile to being able to walk and run and do those kind of things. And very quickly, of course, you know, babies, they start crawling on things and they become, uh, you know, just absolute uh, daredevils at everything that they do in life uh, because babies are fearless. Every minute of their life is a new transition from breathing in air as opposed to being you know, inside of the womb where they're not really totally breathing the same way uh, to, uh, you know, going first to food in general, as opposed to getting fed through the tube, you know, inside of their mother, um, you know, and then to actual food beyond mother's milk and, and formulas. Um, and it just, uh, you know, and then teeth come in and that's a transition and it can be a really painful transition. I feel so bad for some babies because, you know, the pain of teething, um, and they fall down and they break bones and, uh, you know, going all through childhood and it goes from the extreme rapid pace. I mean, you could even go back into the womb and, you know, a single cell dividing into multiple and multiples and, and then forming arms and legs and hands and ears and, you know, all of those things that came from that one single cell, massive, massive transition, um, So 
number one, we were experts at transition. We were as kids, and we didn't call it a transition. It was a life of discovery. It was all about what new, cool, exciting thing can I learn today? Uh, we look back now as adults often with our children or grandchildren, and we watch cartoons, and and uh, sometimes they can be brain-numbing, you know. Um, and, uh, and yet for the child, they can look at that in awe and wonder. They can watch that favorite movie over and over and over again. And as adults, it just drives us insane. And yet for the baby, they're just enraptured. Every time they see it, there's something new. I remember Jessica, uh, <laughs> little Jessica, when she was a little baby, she knew Cinderella so well that she would fall asleep during it and then at the part where Cinderella calls the cat your majesty she would literally wake up and say your majesties <laughs> and then you know fall back to sleep and wake up for her favorite part again you know she just knew the movie that well um, and each one of those things is a discovery for those children it's not a transition it's a discovery it is an amazing opportunity each day children don't wake up like what we do they wake up excited and eager for the day that's i think for a lot of them that's a big reason why they get up so early is because um, they've gotten enough or in their mind at least enough sleep and they're ready to go again there is a world to be explored to be discovered to be taken over you know um i one of the cartoons I love is Pinky and the Brain, for those of you that remember back in the day. Um, you know, it's like, what are we going to do today, Pinky? Same thing we do every day, Brain. <laughs> you know, I guess it's, what are we going to do today, Brain? Same thing we do every day, Pinky. We're going to take over the world, <laughs> you know. And that's how babies are. That's how we live our lives going through childhood. And, and, and as we become adults, we begin to more and more and more so fight transition. We fight the transition from, you know, starting out even, you know, moving from an elementary school to a middle school, a middle school to a high school. Um, and, and the big one, you know, when you go from being a senior in high school to then going back to being a freshman in college, or when you go from living in your parents' house and not having a whole lot, if any, financial needs to being in a place where now all the bills are on you and if you don't pay the electric bill guess what you don't have electricity you didn't have to worry about that and so as we get older we go through transitions sometimes we're even going through a a time where we're transitioning relatively fastly not as much as we were when we were babies but still moving through some rapid transitions but rather than embracing them, rather than looking at them like a discovery, we fight them. I really, as I saw these two books and as I began to pray over them and, and look over them again, look back across the journey as these authors have created these books and the blessing that I've had to be a very tiny piece of these books coming out into the world, I saw just how powerfully connected teaching transition, powerfully transitioning, on purpose transitioning for adults is, and how that compares and needs to be reflected in discovery of a child. We as adults, and we need to be reminded of discovery. We need to see very clearly what an adventure land the world is always was and always will be and then we need to learn the power of embracing transitions to look forward to the next one not that we you know are not going to do our best in the place we are you know me well enough now to know that i'm a big proponent of maximizing while it's called today just making being the best you you can be today. But as we're doing that, that is the perfect 
perfect vessel for embracing the discovery of transition. Transition and discovery are not two separate things. They're really the same thing with two separate mindsets. Because the change happens. That's outside of our control. Change is inevitable. But if we choose to discover what's next, then transition can come. Then we can really powerfully move from where we were from yesterday into today. Into a powerful place where we're no longer stuck looking in the rearview mirror. I mean, I, I love the example of moving through life and using the example of driving in a car because your windshield in front of you is is vast. Um, hopefully you're not in a car that has two bad blind spots. You know, I've been in lots of cars that do have some bad blind spots, but hopefully you're not. You've got this big windshield in front of you. And up in the, you know, up at the top towards the middle, typically, you have a rear view mirror. Um, and you have side view mirrors also to see behind you and beside you. But they're little compared to the windshield. The view in front of you, where you're going, that's where your focus needs to be. If you remember back, those of you that took driver's ed, they really worked on us on learning to glance up at the rear view mirror and take in what we saw there, which is also tough, you know, because you glance up and see nothing. We've all been there, right? It's like, I, I think I looked, but I don't remember, you know. Um, but to glance up, take it all in, but have our focus be forward. That's where life is. We have the road ahead of us, the undiscovered tomorrow. And we're driving on today. And we have the blessing, the opportunity to discover our way in tomorrow through a process that we as adults call transition. It really is the same, isn't it? It was really cool. It was like a lightning bulb, uh, you know, a lightning flash light bulb that kind of came on in my head when I saw just how connected those two are. The experience being so different, but yet the actual result is exactly the same. Whether it be learning that 2 plus 2 equals 4, or it be learning that the job we used to have, we no longer work there, and we have to redefine who we are. It's the same transition and the same right possibility and potential to discover something exciting and new. It's all in a matter of how we look at it and which way we embrace it. The choice is yours. No judgment. You, you can take it either way you want to. But I like the concept of discovering our way into the future, of taking transition and discovery and putting them together and excitedly moving into the future, doing the best with today, with an attitude of anticipation for tomorrow. Of all the things that I brought to you, it's one of the most powerful ways I can think of of being a thriving entrepreneur is to move elegantly through the transitions in life and to discover tomorrow, the future, what's next, the possibilities in life so that we can be all that we need to be in this world. We can make the difference that only you can make in this world for those people you were meant to serve. And ultimately, being able to fulfill that role that is you in this world. That is being a thriving entrepreneur. That's powerful, isn't it? So as we begin to now talk to some international best-selling authors about their books, think in the back of your mind as we discover our way through this, just think how powerful transition 
and discovery are for you as we spend some time together here today on Thriving Entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I'm so excited to jump into this with you as we first look at transition. Um, You know, it's so easy for the kids with the discovery, and I've got a fun international book we're going to bring up in the next segment. But in this segment, I want to really focus on transitioning on purpose, to not just haphazardly have life happen to you, to not just simply be reacting to things, but to really truly respond, to take a moment to look at what is going on, and then to choose how you're going to move through it, to discover within all of the curveballs that life throw us all, to discover your way to transition, to become that child inside, and to look at even the most challenging of things in life as an opportunity to discover the next. Let's talk with an international best-selling author and learn how we can transition on purpose, how we can powerfully make the next transition or even the current transition in our life. Join me in welcoming Dennis Wolfe. Hey, Dennis, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. Thanks. Uh, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to chat today. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't go through all of your titles, but tell us a little bit about um, you know who you are and what you've done thus far in the world. Oh, absolutely, Steve. Thank, thanks again. Uh, you know, right now I'm a uh, executive uh, performance and transition coach uh, and uh, principal leadership uh, consultant with the Leadership Research Institute. Um, so I get the opportunity to work with uh, some amazing people and uh, with some amazing clients to really help them get to the next level, whether that's, you know, the mid-level exec, for me, the the mid-level executive that's looking to get him or herself to where they want to be, or that small business owner or entrepreneur who's trying to get to the next level as well. And so you learned some pretty good skills as a uh, commander, of captain of a ship, basically, um, in the Navy. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your naval experience. Sure. Um, went to went to the Naval Academy. Um, so had some amazing experiences there. Uh, whether that was you know in in the classroom in in Bancroft Hall uh, with my fellow midshipmen on the rugby pitch, um, learned a lot about what it takes to succeed about resilience, what, what teamwork really, really is and why it matters. And, and that's one of the, you know, my experience at the Naval Academy and on the sports fields, whether that was lacrosse or rugby, really prepared me for a lot of what I saw uh, as a commission officer. So I was a career surface warfare officer, um, got to spend a lot of time at sea 
and also even had the opportunity to go back to the Naval Academy as a uh, leadership instructor and uh, got to teach leadership uh, in the mornings and uh, got to be a coach and a mentor for the men's rugby team in the afternoon. So it was a great opportunity. And, um, and then I got to do my department head tours, spend uh, some time in Afghanistan with the army, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to really appreciate my naval roots, uh, uh, to be a landlocked sailor. The, uh, and then uh, I got uh, command and uh, getting to see what it's like to really be an instrument of change uh, both in the personal and professional lives of sailors and officers was probably the biggest lesson that, that or opportunity that I had um, in really making a difference, uh, a positive difference in their lives. And then after all of, you know, living a whole entire life really, <laughs> you know, in the Navy, you then came out into civilian world and had to go through a huge transition Talk to us a little bit about how, you know, massive that transition was in your own life. Yeah, you know, transition is is definitely a process. Um, change, Steve, is what happens to us. Um, whether that's leaving the military, whether that's changing careers, whether that's life, you know, events happening to us and everything else. So change is something that's external. Uh, transition in and of itself is, is, is a process that's internal. It's about what happens inside of you uh, to allow you to, to deal proactively and positively with, with whatever that change is. And um, you know, with my military transition, uh, you know, my, my book, Transition on Purpose, talks about it. But um, you know, it, was, it was a forced transition at first. Um, because I wasn't able to do um, what I wanted to do anymore. Didn't have the opportunity to, to command at sea because of, of a mishap that uh, you know, changed the, the trajectory of my career. And uh, with that, I really had to dig into who I was, what, what mattered to me and uh, what I wanted to do with my life. And um, so that was really a, about a two year journey um, when that happened to when I retired from military service. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's probably still ongoing now, but uh, when I went through the Columbia coaching program, it provided a, a framework of human performance and allowed me to really dig into who I was, what I really valued, what I wanted to prioritize and who I wanted to be connected with. So that way I would be challenged on a regular basis. And I would be able to get the insight and perspective that I was looking for and really the accountability that I needed to move in a positive direction with the people, teams and organizations that I wanted to be a part of. So if you could look back on it now, after having gone through it, because um, I love what you said about change is something that happens to us um, and when you hit that wall and told you that you had to change in life, whether you wanted to or not, if you could advise you from what you know now, then, you know, if you go back then and give you today's advice, what would you say to yourself? Yeah, the biggest thing I would, uh, the biggest advice is life is a team sport and we get challenged and it's okay to be open, it's okay to be a, a little bit vulnerable to say, hey, this is where I'm at. Uh, this is where I wanna go. And this is the support that I need. Because um, otherwise it's gonna be a really, really hard hike to get from, from, at least for me at the time, to get out of that valley, to get up into the sunshine and get energized by, by the experience. Uh, but truly, you know, being open, to new experiences and understanding that, you know what, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where we grow. Uh, that's where we actually, you know, become more resilient. And um, 
So that that's the, the biggest advice I would have to my to my former self uh, is to be a little bit more open, to be a little bit more vulnerable and, and be okay with asking for help. Mm, that's a tough one. Because, you know, most of us were raised to be independent, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, we were raised to be independent, but, you know, I talk about, you know, uh, the, our personal resilience and what that looks like. And, you know, my mantra is you need to focus on your mind and your mindfulness. You need to focus on your body and your physical wellness and you need to focus on your tribe. And if you think about, and I, and I, I was a lacrosse player and uh, lacrosse was started by the Iroquois Indians in, in upstate New York. And you think about the, the tribal system and the ecosystem that, that really harnessed. That was a huge lesson um, because it's not about doing things alone. And, you know, an ecosystem is something that, you know, exists for the betterment of the people that are involved. And that's the key component. You don't have to do life by yourself. That's a choice that you make. And if you choose to, to connect deeper and you choose to be supportive and you choose to be positive, you're actually going to get paid dividends uh, on the other side. And life is about the choices that we make. Yeah, that's good. There are so many great teachings in this book, you know, and it's it's a short read. It's really easy to get through, but so much is packed in it. Um, totally unfair question. It's like asking a parent which of your children is your favorite, but what's your favorite part of the book? The, the favorite part uh, for me um, is the front cover. And why is that the favorite part for me is, is because it reminds me about life. And, uh, you know, the front cover for those that haven't seen it yet is a lighthouse from Acadia National Park. And that's uh, one of my favorite places on earth. One, because it's somewhere where my wife and I have spent some, some quality time together. Uh, but it, when you look at that picture, you know, it provides, you know, rocks you know, for me, which signifies the adversity that, that life is going to give to us. And knowing that without adversity, without challenge, we can't be the best version of ourselves. And then you have the, the water and, you know, the sea, which really for me signifies exploration to see what else is out there. And, uh, and then you have the lighthouse, which is really about our values, our priorities, you know, the guiding light that needs to provide us the direction that we want to go. And, and then finally, it's the sun. You know, what are those things that energize us that we really want to go and go towards? So that way we could positively impact our environment, whether that's personally, professionally, or both. I'm sure that both of us would agree transitions aren't necessarily fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but for somebody that's listening today, what is something that they can do to help them make it through powerfully in the transition that they're facing in life? No, and that's a great question, Steve. And I, I think the biggest thing is reflection and making reflection part of your routine and reflecting on what matters in terms of what's your purpose? You know, what do you really want and why do you want it? And, and be really open with yourself to that answer. And then what do you value? What are your personal values that need to guide your decision-making. And then finally, knowing what your priorities are. 
So when you know what your purpose is, you know what you value, you know what you want to prioritize, and then you leverage your strengths around that, it's going to give you the emotional stamina and endurance that, that you need to be mentally tough during those transitions. And Steve, if you're talking, I can't hear you. Mute button, it helps, huh? <laughs> I was just saying, you know, that's so powerful because it's really easy to get stuck. Change hits us, we don't want to change. And so we just put all of our effort into resisting. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that's the choice. And, you know, when I think about, well, how do we move in a positive direction? Well, we need to know our why. We need to know our values. We need to know our priorities. And really, we need to know what we expect of ourselves and those around us. And then it's about focusing on what we can control. And the two biggest things that we can control are our attitude and our effort. Because our attitude and our effort are going to dictate our actions. They're going to dictate our behaviors. Uh, and you know what? They're also going to dictate our emotions and our perspective. And once you take those two circles and, and you put them next to each other and where they overlap, you know, what matters to you and what you can control, that's where you focus your energy your effort and your attention. Because that's where you can really make a difference. Such powerful stuff. The book is called Transition on Purpose, Self-Reflect, Explore, and Re-Engage Life, written by Dennis Volpe. Um, it's available in both print and ebook edition. It's a great book. You really have to add it to your library. Dennis, I appreciate you so much. Thanks so much for being on the show with us here today. Thanks a bunch, Steve. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for all your support. I love that we now live in a world where we thank our veterans for service. We thank them for the sacrifice that they made for our freedom and that we're grateful to them. Um, you know, I'm just old enough that I've been through kind of both sides of the equation between when I was a child and all of the opinions towards Vietnam vets, all the way to how we now feel about the men and women who serve. Um, and it's so important, their stories, what they've been through, the powerful impact that they are in the world um, is something that all of us really need more of in our lives. We really should honestly go out of our way to find more literature written by veterans from their service and from what they learned. There's so much that they have to learn quickly, that they have to transition abruptly sometimes into what has to be because of the nature of them uh, doing what they do and the potential danger and the things that they do, the ways that they risk their lives and that they grow as people that most of us will never really truly understand. We can see the movies, we can read the books, but we don't really get it like they do where it's the heart and soul and lifeblood of who they are. And so uh, to Dennis and all the other amazing veterans out there, I'm so grateful for you. I so appreciate all you've done to serve our country, to keep me and all those that I love safe. And it's such an honor to have been part of your book to help people really learn how to powerfully transition to transition on purpose so that we all can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take our next commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. You are 
If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We have been talking about transition and discovery. And in the last segment, we dealt with transition, the thing that most of us as adults find ourselves moving through. Now I want to take it to the completely other side of the fence, Back to Childhood. First of all, this is an amazing book. I'm so honored to have been any part of it at all. And I'm so excited to announce it to you here on the show. It is a number one international best-selling book. But it's also a fun journey of discovery. One that I hope will become a new cartoon for my grandkids to be able to enjoy. It's a great way for you to remember, to see, and to understand the art the power behind discovering our way through life, through not just living, but thriving in everything we do. Children are so good at it. And, you know, I think we really kind of in some ways lose the skill of that as we grow up and get mature. And this is such an amazingly cute, but also very powerful little book. And I'm really excited to introduce it to you, for you, your children, your grandchildren, whoever it may be. I strongly encourage you to get this book. So now I'm going to shut up and bring to you our author. Join me in welcoming Alyssa Daniels. How are you today, Alyssa? I am great. Thank you so much, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. So your amazing book that is an international bestseller, um, Adventures with Mariah. Now, this is just volume one, uh, but a fun one to, to say the least. Tell us a little bit about you, though, first, and, you know, what got you to the point of writing a really cool children's book? Well, great. Yeah, so I always wanted to get um, bring Mariah to life, basically. Mariah was kind of a concept that I had a couple of years ago, and I had plans to create, like, an interactive reading app for children, and as I started building that content, I was writing stories for that, and it was definitely going to be interactive. And then I kind of shifted this summer and said, you know, while we're waiting to be able to build out the interactive app, we could actually bring the stories to life. And so I had the opportunity to speak with a gentleman from Africa, and we started talking about maybe bringing one of the traditional stories um, from Africa to life. And that's kind of how Adventures with Mariah Volume 1 Traveling to Accra, Ghana came about. So um, give us a little backstory. Where did, uh, where does Mariah come from? Is it just a really cool name you love or is it a, a relative or? Yeah, so great question. Now Mariah is named after my actual great grandmother, Mariah Cuthbert, who was born down in um, South Georgia, not, not too far from Savannah. And during the great migration in the early 20s, where a lot of African-Americans migrated from the South up to the North and searched for a better life and better opportunity, my great-grandmother Mariah did that at 15 years old. And the reason why I named the main character after her is because for her to be able to do that at 15, courageous, um, just shows how courageous she really was and how fearless she was to be able to go basically on her own and travel across the country. 
So I wanted to bring that spirit of courageousness to Mariah, our character. And then Mariah has a whole group of friends that travel with her. Uh, can you tell us about her sidekicks? Yeah, so Mariah has her, her sidekicks or her friends as you call them. So Mark is her friend um, who is gifted in mathematics. Miguel is her friend who is gifted in science. Madison is her friend who is um, actually in a wheelchair, but she that does not slow her down in the least bit. And she's gifted in geography and social studies. She also travels with her magical dog, Kobe, and her super terrific grandpa who reads the stories and the mysteries to the children and takes them on the adventures. This so needs to be a, this just has to be a children's TV show. <laughs> I wish I owned a TV station so I could put it on TV right now. You, that is part of the plans to be able to expand this into an actual TV show, an animated um, cartoon. We think kids, we know kids are resonating or connecting with the story so well that we want to bring the story and the illustrations to life and let them get to know Mariah as a character on TV. And of course, because it's kids book, it means that moms, for the most part, are the ones buying it. So explain to moms that are listening why this would be a really good book for their kids to get. I sure can. So one of there's several reasons. One of it is that we're really bridging cultures. Um, we're focusing on multi-generational learning. The kids learn from grandpa. And we all know in our generation how important the elders were in our households. So to be able to have the elder in the story is very important. The kids also have to work together. So we're fostering collaboration and teamwork. We're fostering um, all of the academic areas from science to social studies, to math, to reading, to writing, because they have to use their individual skills, but they also have to come together and work together. So teaching, learning in a fun and meaningful way. And quite honestly, every child is a superhero and they have their own powers is why we wanna make sure parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles know that this is a great book for their children. So I'm familiar with where Ghana is, but uh, tell me a little bit about Accra, Ghana. Yeah, so Accra, Ghana is actually the um, major city in Ghana and it's actually known for gold. Um, Accra is actually known, has been known for centuries as the Gold Coast. Um, a lot of the gold that um, is sold around the world, comes out of Ghana, across specifically, and it's also the number one gold producing um, country in Africa total. So that's what makes it major. It's also a major import export hub city, um, which was very important for trade then and now and allows that city to be a major um, player in the continental African as well as the global economic space as well. And the last piece is that the reason we also chose Accra, Ghana, it's also where ancient Kumasi, the ancient kingdom that is um, written about in the story was there with the Ashanti warriors. And they ruled in that area for um, centuries based on their military might, their intelligence, and again, their abilities to, um, to trade, you know, specifically um, within and without of the continent. I think it's interesting that it shows, you know, because when we think of Africa, typically, those of us that are from the United States, at least, you know, we think of lions and zebras, right? <laughs> and I think it's fun to see, you know, hey, it's, it's a pretty bustling city. Oh, yeah, it's a bustling city. It's a major metropolis. Um, even in the story, um, Mariah's so surprised herself. She says it reminds her of the last time she went to New York City. I mean, it's got high-rise buildings and cars and fashion and shops, but it also has a lot of the historic cultural pieces with the markets, the bazaars, um, as well as being able to go back to historically ancient Kumasi. So how does the kid, each of the kids use their superpowers? So that's really neat. So their superpowers are kind of tied to their kind of academic content area, for lack of a better word. So 
for example, Mark has magic glasses that when he gets stuck or the kids get stuck, he's able to actually turn his magic eyeglasses and formulas can come up on the screen to help them solve whatever problem that they're struggling with. Miguel has magical binoculars, which came, comes out of his magic science kit, and he's able to see things that are not as visible to the naked eye. And Madison, the wheels on her wheelchair actually come off to form a magical globe that will always show them where they are in the world as well as help them navigate to where they need to get to. Mariah's magic is in her cape when she holds hands with her friends and they say the magic phrase and twirl three times, they actually can transport anywhere in the world. And then grandpa has a magical staff and a staff, if you're not familiar, is similar to a walking stick or a cane that's hand carved and has traditional um, carvings. And when he bangs that staff, they actually can jump space and time as well to solve whatever mystery that they're on for that particular adventure. I mean, I'm sure the listeners agree with me completely that, uh, you know, I think I'm grown, but I want to read the story again, you know, it's just so much fun. <laughs> well, thank you. And we've had that response from a lot of adults who've requested, um, they've purchased the books for themselves. They've also requested um, to let them know as soon as the next volume is out, they want to learn more you know about Mariah and her friends um, because as we expand we'll get into more of each of the characters as well as we have plans to travel to different cities and countries all around the world. It'll be so much fun. I can't wait for the book two. Um, I think I'm as interested for book two in this series to come out as I am any book that I can think of right now. Well thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so tell us a little bit, um, you know, go behind the curtain with us a little bit. What did it take to be able to put together a children's book and to do this? So quite honestly, I have a proven research-based methodology. So basically step one is picking kind of your location. And then step two is figuring out what is the adventure or the quest or the mystery that the characters have to solve. Um, and then doing research around that. So once we decided on Accra, Ghana, you know, doing the research about what are the meaningful cultural artifacts in Accra, like the Kente cloth, you know, what are meaningful areas that they should definitely travel to, and then trying to figure out, you know, how would it be significant if they're saving the chief of the village's daughter, you know, what comes with that and what would be meaningful if we were to keep it in historical context. So it's a little bit of historical fiction mixed in with a lot of fantasy and adventure, but um, making sure that the facts are, um, you know, have been, are factual. And then kind of just letting the story play out and making sure that each character, um, part of it was with the characters writing their character profiles. Who are they? Where are they from? You know, what is significant about them? Like for example, Mariah is born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia you know, which is where I live. So we're able to weave in some great history about this great city that we live in. And we'll do the same thing with other characters as we expound upon them. That is so cool. So what's the takeaway? What, um, what are we hoping that the child reading the book, I mean, other than they just carry it around everywhere they go, you know, what do we hope they get from it? So one of my biggest hopes is kind of like what you started off by saying earlier on is that this is not about the Africa that many might historically or typically think of. This is about that Africa is so rich in culture and history. And this is exposing children and adults who share with children um, the richness of Africa. This is about having mystery and understanding that they need to work together and thinking about how do we create these connections um, wherever you live in the world that you can connect to these characters and actually go with them on these different adventures. And like I said, thinking of that global exposure, back when I was a classroom teacher, um, I'm aware that a lot of children don't get exposed to different cultures and different communities. So the biggest takeaway for me would be really the exposure to other people and other cultures and other communities. 
Do we happen to, in this particular one, talk at all about the royal family for that particular area of, of the country? So we do talk about the royal family as far as it related to ancient Kumasi, which is um, Nama Ose Tutu, who was the king in Ghana, I mean, in um, ancient Kumasi of the time. So we do talk about him and saving his daughter. Um, we don't talk about the current day royal family, but we do talk about historic royal family. I just found it interesting. It was so fascinating to me to discover um, how many different royal families there are in the different, you know, just like even in one of those countries in Africa, but across them. It was, it's been really interesting to have met a few of them. And that's really a neat thing mm -hmm. for kids to see, you know, because it's so different from the way our country is. Oh, exactly, exactly. And to understand that there are royal families that exist today, there are chiefs and kings and queens and princesses and princes. And these little boys and girls who are reading the story can know that they can be a prince or a princess or learn about actual royalty that you know is living today. I think that's really significant. Again, and tapping into that we all have that capability to be special and we are all special. It's such an amazing book, Adventures with Mariah, Volume One, um, and you said it's pronounced Accra, right? Yes, Accra, Ghana. Accra, Ghana. Yes, absolutely. Um, and number one international bestseller. It's right now. It's on the hot new releases list on Amazon. You just absolutely have to get yours. Um, Alyssa, thank you so much for this book. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve, and I appreciate you for having me on your show, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. I often use the phrase, it's been a while since I've said it, but I want to use it here. I encourage you to run, not walk, to Amazon. In this case, it's just a matter of sitting down in front of your computer or bringing up on the phone, so there's not a lot of exercise involved, but get this book so powerful Mariah and her group of friends and their first adventure I'm looking forward I, I wish the second book was out already and I know it will be amazing when it comes out too it's a great way and we all need to see this childlike wonder and discovery as we move through our lives as we face and embrace our transitions and as we really step forward and live our lives as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes your bestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with steve it's proven it's guaranteed it's gonna happen all you have to do is say yes to your destiny Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I had so much fun with you. I hope you now see how powerful discovery is and how much it can help all of us 
as we move through the transitions that are going to happen in life, as we choose to transition through the changes that happen in life, it's probably a better way of saying that. I want to take a minute. It's been a little while since I've acknowledged them, and I want to really thank some very special people. Thanks to my good friend, Mark Pogue. Mark and I actually toured together a summer of 1985. Mark's songs uh, from the Through the Fire album um, and the specific song, Money Can't Buy, uh, there's a link for it here on the site if you want to get it. Awesome, amazing album. Mark is such an incredible guitar player. That is the uh, song for the intro to our, you know, the intro to that song is also the intro to our show. Um, and then to my good friend, Lakeisha Michelle, who wrote for me um, the song that is the background behind the main commercial that you hear. Um, I really appreciated her taking the time to do that. We've used it in a couple of different ways, but it's really powerful to hear it um, as the background to that commercial. And then, of course, my good friend Lonnie Ray. Lonnie, who is doing the voicing for that commercial. Um, also, I appreciate her and all that she's uh, you know, done for the company, for me, um, for the show, all of those kind of things. So I just wanted to take a minute and thank them because... I think one of the transitions that I find myself in life going through these days is the transition of learning to really, really appreciate the people that we have in our lives. Sometimes we don't discover how amazingly incredible certain people are until they're not around every day, until stuff happens. You know, 2020 has been a year where, um, you know, we've lost some people. And we've definitely lacked in the connection that all of us crave one to another. I know a lot of my friends, myself included, we all would just kill for a hug, right? Um, I was teasing with a friend of mine the other day that I can't wait to create hug con where all we do is just get together and everybody just hugs each other. Um, you know, and, and if COVID is still around, it will be super spreader con. Um, and it'll be totally worth it to just hug on some people that are special to us. It's one of the things that I've discovered as I go through this most recent transition in my life is all of the amazing people that are in my life and how much they do for me, how much they're there for me, even when it, doesn't necessarily always feel that way. That doesn't make it any less than there. Thank you to every single one of you for who you are and what you do. And thank you to you, the listener, for who you are in this world. In case you don't know it, in case you haven't heard it all the times I've said it before, you are amazing. You are a radiant, beautiful, wonderful, amazing, precious gem. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. I want you to know I'm here for you. I would love to help share you with the world, but even if you just need a shoulder to cry on, somebody to lean on, whatever that might be, if there's anything I can do for you, you can, of course, go to AskSteveKid.com, schedule a time to talk to me, or anything else on social media or whatever. Reach out and let me know. I'm here to help you. Not only just to get your book out, but help you thrive in everything that you do in your life and your business. I believe in you. I know how amazing and powerful you are. And I'm so blessed to have you in my life at the level that you're at right now and hopefully even more so. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-